to, to the panel, man, and, and um, hopefully everyone that is listening is doing well on today. Um, we are Black Men Vent 2, uh, the Black Men Vent 2 podcast. Myself being Jonathan Davis, I go by Junebug, and my dad being Leon Davis Jr., and he goes by um, L-Dog. And we pretty much take pride. We take, we take true, true ownership in reshaping, reframing, and rebranding the black man one episode at a time. Um, our slogan goes, uh, Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? And um, we pretty much are taking the route of getting people to understand that we have a voice too. Um, and not just the voice that you hear from your common uh, African-American celebrities, if you will, your Jay-Z's, your LeBron's, your uh, Michael Jordan's. But we're talking about your guys in the Walmart aisle. We're talking about the guys you see at work. We're talking about the guys that you um, pretty much mingle with just throughout your day, the, the regular uh, middle class black man if you will and um pretty much we get into all types of different things uh depression we've talked about grief we've talked about marriage we've talked about relationships uh we're into our abuse season because black men for 400 plus years have been abused um you know you guys are no stranger to the knowledge behind that as much as i am in terms of slavery in terms of civil rights movement um just being suppressed from from then to now um, so we get into all of that. We get into all of that. And um, again, we are the Black Men Vintu Podcast. Um, and we just truly, truly love serving our Black community, but as well making sure that we get the knowledge of the culture and the knowledge of what Black men need to talk about and how they need to get these things off their chest to succeed in life. Yes. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Um, Langley, you want to go next? Yes, guys, welcome back. Uh, this is the Casual Word and Casual Word Radio, where we continue our endeavor to change the world one word at a time. I'm Langley Shazer, and uh, it's just uh, a thrill to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, you know, the, the Casual Word Radio is simply to help others uh, become empowered by hearing the stories, testimonies, and the triumphs of the people who are on the path, but also to recognize that we are all going through something and we are all dealing with different types of oppression, depressions, uh, and different types of discriminations, whether they're internal or external. And we just want to be able to not only shed light on that, to let somebody else know that they're not alone in what they're going through, but also to highlight the triumph and the conquering over those trials and tribulations so that other people can be encouraged as well. I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful to have already been on both of these platforms. So this is a very exciting opportunity for all of us, I believe. Uh, it, it's definitely been wonderful to learn and engage and have the type of dialogue that you guys are getting ready to experience uh, in other other occasions with these gentlemen. So uh, thank you guys again for having me. Yes, thank you, Langley. Um, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast. I'm your host, Shahir Henderson. We are all here gathered today on this Saturday, January 22nd, 2021. Um, Relationship Stuff 101 is basically like what you see here, building relationships, growing relationships, and making relationships stronger each day through each occasion and through each interaction. Um, the conversation piece that we actually have today is a very serious conversation which uh, affects and can defect relationships in many different ways. So we're hoping today that this panel that you guys are about to witness can change someone's idea 
or ideals of why men don't speak out when it comes to uh, emotions and what men do and or what men can do in order to express themselves greatly or if they feel as though they can't express themselves correctly so um with that said i want to uh throw something out there uh real quick just to get the conversation started if you don't, y'all don't mind gentlemen i was doing a little research and i ran into something called the 10 commandments of masculinity i don't know if any of y'all ever heard of that mm-hmm. uh so as we go on i'm gonna throw one out there uh and then we'll just flow into the conversations that y'all have off the one that I throw out there. The first one was thou shalt not be, thou shalt be a self-made man. Now I can agree with that. Thou shalt be a self-made man. We all, we all are self-made men here today. So that cannot actually be seen as abuse, but do y'all think that that can turn into an abusive statement? Yeah. I, I, you want to go jump in Jimbo? I was, uh, you said so 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 let me just let me just reiterate your question so you said that thou shalt be a self-made man and you're yeah. asking if you will it, could that be abusive or be received as could it be, yes could it could it turn could that somehow turn into an abusive statement i'm gonna take the 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 left road and say no and okay. and the only reason why i'm saying no is because um first off you know when we're talking on these podcasts and stuff everything is opinionated you know everything is based off of your perception so right. to everyone that is listening this is just my opinion my you know my perception of how i see it um when i think of self-made i'm thinking of original i'm thinking of uh authentic i'm thinking of generic you 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 have a red bag of Doritos and a blue bag of Doritos, but the red bag of Doritos don't taste like the blue bag of Doritos. They have their own originality. Yeah, if, if, if what I'm saying. So when I think of a self-made man, I'm thinking of someone, and I'm thinking of I'm taking that in context to be yourself, like to be you know, no matter knowing that there are other black people out here, there are other black men out here. You're still your own man in your own way doing your own thing for your own life. You know, if that makes sense. You, you, you're you the blue bag of Doritos compared to the other hundred flavors of, of Doritos, you know, us being black men in this culture. So I, I wouldn't personally take it as abuse. Um, I would just more so take it as a charge, if you will, as a man to continue to find how I'm self-made, find my purpose, find, you know, my reason, my will, find my uh my, my spiritual guidance whatever they may be and have it it may look um you know but that's that's probably how how i would how i would uh receive that receive that statement yes that's a great way of looking at it i, I definitely can agree with that uh with that not being uh self-made once again once again we're all making ourselves into something greater mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that first commandment if they want to if they want to say you know, mm-hmm. it's something that we can look at and say, well, that's something that we can take, you know, under oath, you know, as something right. that we can push out to more men and to, because that's basically what we all are here to do is to mm-hmm. push men to be greater, mm-hmm. is to push men to be self-made. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, you, you have something, Lane? Yeah, I was, I was actually going to, uh, um, uh, not so much take the right, the right side of the road, um, mm-hmm. but I think it stands to reason that we should also make sure that we understand the context of self-made <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, because there is an entrepreneurial 
self-made, right? You know, we're talking about, are you self-made in terms of starting your own business, becoming your own boss? Or are we talking about self-made in terms of just becoming the best version of yourself? And the reason why that's important is because there is still, to, to Junebug's point about the, the red and, and blue bag, right? There's an originality, there is an authenticity to us. However, there is still a social construct which we must confine ourselves to. And so being self-made, for example, uh, if you are a self-made dope boy, well, yes, that can turn into an abusive set of circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just, and again, that's maybe an extreme example, but we have to understand that the potential to turn anything into abusive, uh, a abusive set of circumstances or an abusive thought process, internal or external, whether you project that or internalize it, is present. But it does take a certain level of self-awareness in that self-made avenue to say, okay, in being self-made, I'm going to be the best, most positive version of myself and the things that I'm going to do are going to be positive for the community. Yeah. 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 Right. Hey, right. You know what? And I, I like way, the way you went and, and I want to kind of come right in the middle, man. And I was thinking that, um, that um, when you talk about self-made, you're talking about, like you, like Junebug said, originality. But then what you said also, Langley, you're talking about how that could produce abusiveness, the way you, you know, the way you are constructing, go forward with your self-made person I mean, in whichever avenue you decide this, you're self-made in, in the uh, entrepreneurial self-made man or the self-made man being a better man, that can become abusive, man, if we allow it to. And that's what I want to say, if we allow it to, because what will happen, man, is that we'll try to try to live up to an expectation of what, what what was put into this self-made man because at the end of the day everybody needs help even if you're right. a self-made man somebody had to help you become that man so if they helped me become that man then i can't still try to live up to those expectations because now i'm my self-made man you know what i'm saying so then that's how i can become abusive man when i'm still trying to live up to some of the things that you've been put into me but now I, now you've made me so let me be me you know what i'm saying so sometimes right. I think that's even for us on the outside world, even like raising children, man. My son, he's his own man now. I love him. I still try to input in him, but I can't input in him now like I was when he was growing up. When he was growing up, I was able to input it into him because I was in the molding stage, like the pot on the wheel. But now he's his own piece of clay. Whatever that piece turns out to be, that's what he is. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, that, that's, that's beautiful. And, and I do want to echo that just for one moment because – it, it got me thinking about uh, cycles, mm. right? And, and I was thinking that, you know, when you become this self-made person, you, you know, are you going to forget that someone helped you as well, right? And so you could project a negative image onto other people, you know, if you forget that someone was there holding your hand, someone was there helping you, someone was there teaching you, someone was there mentoring you yeah. uh, in terms of abuse, to, to answer Shai's question, the, the potential for abuse is there if you take that once you have attained whatever level of success that you're, you're chasing mm -hmm. and then you, you put unacceptable uh, and unfair expectations on other people. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can definitely agree with that. There are unfair expectations of expecting that somebody should be something that they're not. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me, my battery. Plug my laptop up. It's dying over here. All right. 
So with with that right there, not really be it's it's, it's almost like a uh, it's like a, a up and down type of cycle with that first one. Um, the second one though is what we're here for today. Thou shalt not feel. Hmm. Thou shalt not feel like wow. that. It's crazy. That, so, no, that's. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, X that one completely out of the equation. Right. Black <laughs> that one out, man. All right, that that goes and like I was saying, that goes into the, directly what. Okay, when we first started the podcast and we started getting ready and we started prepping ourselves. And Jonathan walked into your office. What was the first thing that he expe expelled to you that was going on in that office? Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he can feel cold. Right. You know, he yeah. feels that it's cold. Mm -hmm. You know, and as you as you guys always know, I, I stand my basically my office is my garage. It's a little mm -hmm. bit nippy in here. You understand? So I can feel that. So when when somebody would say, Well, we're not talking about feelings as though something you feel. That's you know when you walk into a certain room or something you feel when you you know uh, put yourself in a certain uh, environment. We're talking about feelings as in though I'm not going to express my feelings if my wife screams at me or calls me or dog you know uh, dog downs me or uh, as I heard Leon saying the podcast uh, dog dog curse. What was that you used? Yeah, dog curse, man. Dog yeah. curse me, yes. <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to sit here and, you know, cry and be down on myself and to show that I have emotions, which we know, which you should expound on what you're feeling. Because mm -hmm. let's say, for instance, right, we're all actually sitting in this room that we're sitting in. And there is one of our wives sitting next to us, and she just automatically starts to uh, damage us in a way we won't feel that we could feel in front of other men. Yeah. So we take this phone. I don't know if y'all see this phone right here uh, <laughs> on the desk, and we just yeah. throw it at the window mm -hmm. and just, you know, that's a show of anger. Mm -hmm. But we are actually trying to show a sense of dominance in the situation. Mm -hmm. We're not going to let her dominate us but what's the problem you understand why not just take a better approach to hear her out let her express herself the way that she can and then address the situation perfectly so that that shoots right into the second one the third one thou shalt be dominant so mm. those two right there uh, uh i want to see, uh, see y'all's understanding or, or see how y'all feel about those who thou shalt not feel and thou shalt be dominant. Mm. Um, I, 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 go ahead and jump in on that. That's, that's, that's a big deal because that's what I talk about often. You guys know me, know that I'm big on us becoming vulnerable, becoming not only to be able to control our emotion and our emotional response, but to communicate it effectively. And I, I think that those two are, are well, the problem with those is that they perpetuate an ideology that is going to be damaging to ourselves and others around us, right? Um, the reason why we don't show emotion currently is because we've never been allowed to, mm. right? So we talk about some of the cultural things that have happened when you've been dehumanized, when you've been devalued, when you've been subjugated to not think that you have an opinion, to not think that you have a voice, not to not even think that you're a human being, 
then, you know, we talked about genetic memory. Those things are passed down. Yes. And some of those things are handed down inadvertently. And so we have this idea that you're supposed to just be devoid of all emotional context. And we know the word says that, you know, be angry and sin not. So we're supposed to experience our emotion. We're supposed to have emotional responses, but we have to learn how to properly react to the emotional stimulus. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when it goes into being dominant, I, I think that that also is indicative of, what we're trying to overcome, which is being dominated for the last 400 years uh, in terms of being black men, right? So uh, in a book, in one of the books I'm reading about the psychology of hatred, the, the response to the wife isn't, is less about dominating her as it is an inappropriate reaction to being hurt, right? So what we do is that we take hurt, whether it's psychological or physical, and we, we immediately move to uh, a sense of anger and then we mobilize to a response mechanism because that's the only way that we've been able to response and to respond, excuse me, and be heard from a society point and from, you know, a, a relationship point. Right. I mean, we I think we've all been in that and, and we're, we're, we'll get further into that with how women per, per play a part. But um Part of that is is simply because the only response we've ever been able to have that merited any kind of validation in terms of being recognized was anger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think, man, when you talk about um, <clears throat> feeling and when you talk about dominance, um, I got to talk about the feeling part first because I, I am a lover and not a fighter, as the song says. So I, I just think that it, 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 it truly, truly kind of breaks down what society in those commandments, what society sees us as being, as, as what we should do. We shouldn't feel, we shouldn't have these sensory uh, 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 alarming things that kind of help us realize that, hey, I'm hurt today. You know, hey, I don't feel good today. Or, hey, I'm, I'm a little depressed today. Um, feelings, man, I, I, you can, you can, you can, kind of kind of go so many ways with that but again like you said for over 400 plus years man we've been told not to feel and then let's think of it into in terms of the circle of life um just how things just always try to find their way to revolve back around during those slavery times during those civil rights times we couldn't feel nothing we, we were we were told what water to drink at and what restaurant to go to I couldn't tell them how I felt about that. Like, I don't want to drink from that water fountain today. Or I don't want to, you know, uh, go to this movie theater. I want to go to that one. You know, we, we, we couldn't attach feeling to that. We just had to do it. It was just a matter of what society was and what was going on in that time. Circle of life, as I just mentioned. They call my generation the Malcolm X generation because we're not taking that. You know what I mean, and 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 what I mean by the circle of life is it's revolved back back to now the 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 coin has flipped. We on the other side of the grass now. You know what I mean. That's what a dominance kind of comes in at in terms of black men. We 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 have that instilled in us. All men, to be honest, we have that 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 gene or that chromosome or whatever you want to call it to be dominant as a man. I don't care what man you are, you know, black, white, blue, or purple. In some way, you want to dominate some form of a relationship, maybe uh, uh, just anything. You, you have that if you, you know, a real man. And that dominance plays in with feeling because 
as a black man, if my dominance is removed, challenged, or altered in a way in whatever particular situation it's, it is, it's in, I feel a certain type of way. It's a feeling that comes behind that, you know? So I just think both of them definitely coincide with each other. But um, I truly think that black men, you know, have a have a, a different uh, outlook based off of society's um, belief. Yes. On what? What I want, what I want to inject, man, is that uh, what Langley was saying. I think is so important, man, is that when we when we're dealing with these these feelings, the way we feel, we have to find effective ways to communicate that, man. And I found out that communication, man, like in my marriage, is one of the best things that helped me mature to a greater level in my in, in life, man, because I have a wife, man, that demands communication. She demands it, man. And and I and I'm I'm an appreciative of that because she's made me a better person. But like Jumbo said, it's something in us. Well, there's something in us is that God made us men. He made us men, and He made us to lead. Every man wants to lead something. He mm -hmm. wants to. Lead. He might not say it, but he wants to lead something. So when your leadership is challenged, then that's when the problem comes in. Are oh, you challenging my leadership? You challenging, like I said, my dominance. You challenging what I was, what I was really born to do, what I was made to do. You're challenging that, and that's what happens to black men in society. The other cultures won't let us be leaders that we are. So then when we start leading our community, then we're acting out in a way that they don't like. They don't like the way we acting out. Like Jim Book said, they don't like the Malcolm X approach. They don't even like the, the Dr. Martin Luther King approach because he's trying to encourage black men to be black men. You know what I'm saying? Even in a even in a nonviolent way, he's still trying to challenge you to be a man. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's all about. So then I was reading something just, just this week, man, about um abuse and and one of the things that we, we see that we're going to act out in either one or two ways man either we're going to uh explode or we're going to implode so yeah. so what you're seeing now is you you saw back in uh uh depressing time civil rights time even before uh uh, uh uh slavery time and all that you saw a lot of black men imploding because they were self-destructing on the inside because they couldn't act out because they thought they were going to be lynched killed or whatever but now you're saying explosion because when people get challenged when their manhood gets challenged they explode and that's what we are but we have to try to find man community uh uh, uh positive ways to communicate our feelings i think that's one of the big things man you know without getting ourselves into a place where we can't come back from you know what i'm saying yes so is it so is it safe to say that when we look at dominance, if it's used in a in a way to uh, control a situation without trying to outdo, how I'm trying to say this, if it's if it's looked at in a way to control the situation without belittling or downplaying the ones around you, but to build them up as well, you're not dominating in the sense of making everyone feel smaller but dominate in the sense of making everyone feel great as well like we look at michael jordan michael jordan we we know dominated the chicago bulls team he, he took over but mm -hmm. scotty pippen if you ask scotty pippen do you feel like michael jordan 
you know, belittled you or made you feel less of a player. No, I feel like, you know, he brought me on and did things to make me feel like a, a better player. Now, if you was to ask Kwame Brown, <laughs> did Michael Jordan make you feel less of a person? Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's going to have a different, yeah. you know, a different outlook on things and a different uh, way of looking at things because Michael Jordan did belittle him and talk down to him and made him feel less of a man. So I think the dominance conversation, when we look at it as, uh, Yes, I want to dominate this my podcast. I want it to be the greatest thing, you know, that I that I, it can be. But I'm also not going to downplay the people who I will invite on. So I will become submerged and submissive <laughs> as well. So yeah. I, I, I believe it's a double, it's a you know double edged sword. So that's where those feelings and the dominance come in together and connect. Uh, I believe to make it better when we have more control of our feelings and more control of the dominance, we are less dominating because we've added the feelings. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. I, I think it's, it's leadership versus dictatorship. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfectly yeah. said. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, uh, gentlemen, this, uh, we going to, uh, um, what this, this zoom is of course timed. So when it gives me a signal that, the, uh, th that this is going to end and when it ends, I'll just send y'all another link and we'll do another. It'll be another 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so number four and five. Uh almost like the same conversation, chasing piece, because thou shalt never be weak. But thou shalt watch and play certain sports. Thou shalt never be weak. Once again, we this has got going into dominance. I can become smaller or weaker in a certain situation but that doesn't mean that i'm weak because i've now weakened myself to jonathan having an expression expression of his opinion or to leon or to langley given their understanding of it but yeah i would love to play football is there something wrong with that i mean how, how do y'all look at those two i'm gonna say um Leon, if you want to go, uh, <laughs> I'm going to speak from it. You know, I like, that's when I, I think I, I love, I love our platform so much because my son speaks from his experiences and his opinions. And I speak from my experience. So I'm going to speak from my experiences again. I got two sons. One, Jonathan, he played everything. He played football. He played basketball. He played baseball. I thought me, myself, my perspective, my opinion, I thought he was a better baseball player than he is a basketball player. But now he has developed into a better basketball player because that's the one he gravitated to. So that's him. But then I got another son that didn't want to play them sports, man. He didn't want to play football. He didn't want to play basketball. He didn't want to play uh, 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 baseball. He played those. He tried them, but he didn't like them. His sports was uh, tennis and, uh, and uh, what's the other one? Soccer. Those okay. And some people don't even know that because I'm trying yeah. to push exactly. sports on him. Exactly. You know, exactly. through my own through my own uh you know expression of what I feel you should do. No, you're you're a baseball player. That's what you do. You play baseball. And now that, that he looks at himself like, but I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to yeah. play baseball. So Daddy is pushing that on me. So when he does play baseball, every time he's at bat or every time he goes up to bat, it's not going to be his, you know, uh, 
desire is going to be right. my desire that's up there at that. So he's not going to be fully oh. into it. Now, now oh. let's let's expound on that a little bit more. So he strikes out. Then I pull him to the side in the dugout and I say, you always threw things. This is what you do. This is baseball. Yeah. This is for you. And, and his team is looking at him and I'm downing him. And then next thing you know, he goes out there and he gets emotional. He cries. I pull him to the side and I'm giving him more damage. Mm -hmm. So true. You see, so because true. I'm looking at my dreams for him and I'm not expe expecting his dreams. It's, I'm just expounding minds on top of him. And that yeah. becomes an issue. Yeah. yeah, and that speaks to what we were just talking about. That's the, that's that's when dominance mm. becomes abusive. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and yep. all the exactly. times we don't realize that we are, and I speak from personal experience, we're trying to live vicariously through the talents of our kids. Yes, And so yes. we didn't think it or mm -hmm. something happened that was unfortunate in, in our proposed careers as athletes, specifically as athletes, now we see we see talent, we see opportunities. So now we're trying to push that dream deferred mm -hmm. onto someone else. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know that also speaks to the first part of the, those two commandments, right? Of uh, you said four and five. So if, if if we if we allow them to pick their own path, we think we're being weak. That's the difference right. between exactly. being submissive and and being under subjection, mm -hmm. right? It, you, I'm not. I'm I'm being submissive to what you want for your life. It's yes. not weakness, it's understanding. And we have to do a better job of being understanding, right? Yes. And now when it comes to sports in particular, I grew up in a household where my parents said, even though I did have those types of things happen with sports in, in my childhood, with you know really being pressed to do stuff that I wasn't sure I was really going to want to pursue, but when I did grow up in a household where it was, you don't have to play sports, but you have to do something, right? So it had to be, you know, there was some a band, choir, or chess, the debate team, whatever. Uh, so I'm thankful for that because that does allow you to be able to expand your horizons and do some other things. But specifically, we're talking about sports. I think that the idea that you must play a sport kind of encompasses this whole artificial image of masculinity, right? Yeah. Because a sport is yeah. where you can assert dominance right yes. a, a sport is where you can right subjugate someone else right yes. a, a sport is where you can have totality and total control over the opponent mm -hmm. and so so to say that you have to do that in essence is saying that you're weak if you don't assert dominance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly definitely definitely okay so we, we merging right into six and seven. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt never conform to your peers. Thou shalt lead and often subjugate women. Now, do we want to take each of those apart or are we going to keep them together? <laughs> uh, so basically, okay, let, let's merge that together real fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's say... Let's say me and my daughter and I, we have conversations all the time. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter says to me, well, I feel like you're a terrible dad and you don't do the things you're supposed to do as a father. And I feel bad about that. But I don't come to y'all and say it to y'all because I don't want y'all to look at me as weak or look at me as less of a man because my own daughter looks at me as a terrible dad. So I should not conform to my peers. 
You see, and then and at the same time, now I don't feel as though I lead my daughter, not as well as subjugate. People have to understand that subjugate word is a little tricky, you know. Like, ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah. what are we what are we talking about? So I would love to hear y'all's uh opinions on both of those. Do look, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I want you to jump in on that, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this, y'all saw me, so I, because <laughs> yeah. oh. we, 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 give, give me, because I'm, 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 it's like I'm processing it really, really to, to try to figure out what avenue I want to go back. Um, give me the commandments one more time, just, just, just cut and drag. Thou shalt not conform to your peers, mm. and thou shalt, thou shalt never, thou shalt lead and often subjugate women. And then just, I feel like just for the audience, could you, and even myself, to be honest, could you give a definition of subjugate? Because I think everybody may have their own, you know. Okay. Um, let's say me and my wife walking down the street. I, uh, I love to do analogies. Y'all know me. Mm-hmm. And she wants to go inside of Walmart. Well, she wants to go inside of a, a, a convenience store or a side of a, a store to buy something from the store. And I say, no, we're heading to Walmart. That's where we're going. Whatever you're saying right now doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So yes. just sit there, be quiet, be a woman. Mm-hmm. As I walk yes. on and we go together. So basically, I am de- I am basically dehumanizing her in some sort of way. Sort of way. Yeah. That's what subjugate. You know, if I'm if I'm expressing that a, a little bit more. Um, I, Langley, you know, uh, Langley can you can give a little bit more on that. That subjugate. Uh, it's, 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 it's control, right? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's un, unconditional control, and what I mean by that is, no matter what is happening, no matter what they say, no matter what the situation yes. is, you are never going to relinquish right. the control of the relationship yes. to anybody else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I appreciate that. And the reason why I asked is, is, is because how often do we see that, right? How often do we see, a lot. you know, uh, even in our um, Black Man Vent 2, we, we ventured on abuse. We're talking about abuse. And um, when you talk about abuse, domestic violence is a is a form of what we just we just mentioned. And, and, and it's just it's strange to see how certain peer pressures mm-hmm. can often lead to those type of actions. And I mean, peer pressure in terms of abuse making come from anywhere you can yes. you, you know we're, we're it's, it's it's so much that revolving around our world man that's kind of it's kind of captivating our minds in a, in a wrong way and and we're talking about music we're talking about just the entertainment industry we're talking about maybe stuff at your job a lot of things that may influence those peer pressures to be pushed more to where when you're facing a leadership role the peer pressure behind it pushes you more in a dictative mindset instead of uh, instead of an actual leadership mindset. Yes. And then I honestly think there's a difference between leadership and uh, control. Uh, I think leadership, you have a certain type of control that can be aided by those that you're leading. Yeah. But I think control is viewed as your own dominant way of controlling whatever the situation is without the aid of anybody at any point at any time. Leadership, you know, we've seen it just on many different platforms. In order for you to lead, we've heard this cliche, 
you must have learned how to follow. You know, and I, yeah. I agree with that cliche 110. Mm-hmm. In order for you to know how to lead, you must have someone in your life and known how to follow. And um, I think Langley was talking about this before. When you think about everybody as humans, we're really a product of 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 of, of um, perception of like of like you were saying how people may see us and whatnot. So yeah. you know, in some cases where People may look at me, for example, as a leader in my community or as a leader in my generation. I think you got to feel that in yourself. Yes. You know, you got to feel that. And I, it goes back to those peer pressures I was mentioning. Peer pressure, man, can hit you so hard to where, where people on the outside are seeing for you in terms of what they think your purpose may be and whatnot. You may not see that in yourself. You exactly. know, so the leadership that, 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 that others may think you may possess, you may not see that. And it's just those emotions they kind of snowball into traumas and then you start dealing with depressions and you got all these anxieties and then that pretty much builds the black men that we walk by in Walmart. We walk by at the gas station. We walk by, you know, in these restaurants. And um, I just think that's important to understand that there's a difference between leadership and control when you're able to balance the two with those peer pressures that kind of, they kind of, you know, just kind of gets you where you need to go. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, if I could just go ahead and just piggyback right off of that, because uh, there's two things that you mentioned that I really want to talk about briefly is the importance of recognizing our role mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. abuse of black women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because a lot of what I've heard in these commandments lead us to this unfair um, and unrelenting abuse of the black woman. Right? The, the subjugation, the uh, Shai's uh, analogy about getting upset, right? What was our first reaction? Violence toward a black woman, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the first reaction. I'm going to get mad and I'm going to show you who's boss, right? Yeah. So a lot of what we're talking about and a lot of reason why these commandments and, and, and the traditional definition of masculinity is in error as it stands is because we should not be abusing anyone, first and foremost, but especially as black men. You know, we, we are abusing our, our black woman uh, and we, we've got to acknowledge, right, take accountability, but also reshape how we how we think about those relationships, because the black woman uh, in particular is just as uh, dehumanized. They, they, they are just as devalued as we have been and even mm-hmm. more so because now we're doing it, too. So it's, yeah. it's you know, it's, it's been a an exponential multiplication of abuse that we're facing because now we're taking that abuse, we're internalizing that abuse, and then we are projecting that abuse on our black woman. Yeah. And so I, I do want to mention that um, because I think it's it's imperative that as we have these discussions about black men and our abuse and the things that, that we deal with, I think one thing that we always have to remember is that we are doing ourselves and our black women and our black children a disservice because, because we are not allowing ourselves to understand how to take these traumas and take these things and to use them to become better versions of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I want to touch on is what you said about leadership. Uh, to Shai's point about to conforming, right? What does the word say? Right? Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing yeah. of your mind. Yeah. Right? So it, yeah. it, it depends on what you're conforming to. Right. Now, if it's the peer pressure to be violent, if it's the peer pressure to subjugate, if it's the peer pressure to assert dominance, it's, if it's the peer pressure to be a totalitarian, well, then no, you shouldn't conform. But if you are around a group of men like yourselves or people in my win the morning call or whatever, and it's a bunch of leaders, 
entrepreneurs and a bunch of people who are doing great things and a bunch of people who are trying to show you how to become better. Well, you certainly should conform because that's going to be a circle of influence that's going yeah. to help you become better. Yeah. So I do want to make that distinction that part, but the problem with some of these commandments is that they are generalizations without context. And so you can't say don't conform when there are things that you should conform to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I, I like that. <laughs> I like the way you said that, man, because what I was sitting there thinking was what you just said. You you was reading my mind, man. It's all right to be conformed, but the word said, be not be ye not conformed to the world. So when right. we look at the way the world tries to shape men, and especially black men, we 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 should not conform to that. Because that's what Jumbo was talking about. Peer pressure. The world yes. is trying to shape us into something that we're not. And we and, and, and we know that we're leaders. But see, and then we have to understand this too. When you look at how the world is doing the black man in general, you, you can say it how you want to say it, but black men are the most hated men in the world. Right. Why? Why? Because they, I'm just going to be real with it. They know that we have everything we need to be a leader and we are strong in what we do. So that's the way we try to hold black men down. And that's another thing. When you talk about Langley, uh, abusing our women, all of that is by design, man. That's yeah. by design. That's it's designed for us to abuse our women, to break up our families, man. And once they break up our families, man, then they kill our culture, man. Yes. So we have to understand we can't keep allowing this peer pressure from the outside culture and outside world to try to shape black men into not being family men, what we were created exactly. to do. And that's what they're trying. That's what the culture and that's what the enemy is trying to do. Because, see, think about this. And I'm going to move on. Think about this. Even in our societies, man, and I see it all the time, there's nothing wrong with uplifting our women, uplifting our black women. But you see how society uplifts them first before they uplift us? Right. That's designed to break us down as a family, man. And the reason they do that, man, because they want to belittle the black man. So they'll raise up the black woman to try to fit a criteria and saying, oh, we have some minorities on our job. We have filled that slot with a minority. But it wasn't a black male. It was a black woman. And I'm not saying that black women should not be lifted up to that. But that's what I'm saying. The world is, has a way of doing things now where they want the black woman to be in power. They want her to be uplifted. But they're trying to push us down, man. And like you said, these type of conversations that we're having is designed to help black men understand that you are a leader. And don't let the world conform you to something that you're not. You're a leader, black man. You are a leader. That's exactly. Amen. You know, that merges that merges perfectly into eight, nine, and ten. Now, thou shalt find your worth in providing, thou shalt not engage in creativity, thou shalt not be gentle. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the first just of course expressing what I feel about the first. Thou shalt find your worth in providing is basically what Leon was just talking about. Find your worth in being a provider. Find your worth in being a great dad. Find your worth and you know, and being a great friend. Find your worth in helping your wife or your significant other, you know, understand that you guys are in this together. Yes, yes find your worth in being a great, you know, a great provider. You're, you're, you're letting her know, hey, I got this. You know, I know you work too. If she works, I know you have a job as well. But hey, I got us. You know, I, I got this. Now we go into thou shalt not engage in creativity. 
I got this, but what what could that actually mean? Let, 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 let's, let's, I want to hear each of y'all's opinion on what y'all think that possibly means. Thou shalt not engage in creativity. What, what, what could that possibly mean? If, if I can go, because I, I really, <laughs> yes. as, as a creative person, mm-hmm. oh, and we, this goes back to the sports conversation, when mm-hmm. sports was no longer an option, it was being creative in the arts and other things that were deemed as being unacceptable by black culture. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. That, it was those things that, that turned me into the person I am today. Um, so again, fallacy in that logic, because being creative, I talk about this with, with my students uh, as a writer, as, as an artist, as a musician, uh, it may not be talked about and may not be romanticized as much as athletes are, but right. you can make a good living. It's just as prominent. It's just as impactful. And so, uh, you know, we definitely want to dispel that because creativity can also span a multitude of things. You can be create creative in how you provide, right? right? You can be exactly. creative in your entrepreneurial ventures, right? In fact, yeah. being creative is how you're going to become successful. So I definitely want to dispel that. But but the thing that I really want to touch on was the first part. Um, and read that to me again about uh, eight... Thou shalt find your worth in providing. So we're talking about abuse. Mm-hmm. And, and what I want to caution people with, anybody who's going to be listening, is the potential for abuse internally by attaching your identity to those aspects. Mm-hmm. Right? right? A lot of times, I know when I went through my divorce, right. a lot of the toxicity that I experienced internally was because I attached my identity to my marriage. Come on, man. Right. I attached my identity to what the church would have me believe is the right thing to do. Uh, We talk about conforming. You attach your identity to what everybody else is doing. And then that's the that's the that's the potential for abuse internally, because, yes, you should find joy in that. You should find um, peace in, in being a provider. But if you attach your identity to those things, what ends up happening? The moment you lose your job, you can no longer provide. Now what? Now you're perceived as weak. Now you get upset. Now we have anger. Now we have physical abuse. You see how the cycle works. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, man. And see, that's what I was talking about earlier, man. All of this stuff, man, is by design, man. You know what I'm saying? We have to understand, man, it's a a war of the mind, man. And when I think about this, man, I've been reading a lot of stuff on the mental, man. And in your mental, man, that's where everything starts at. You're talking about the creativity. Yeah. That's where the creativity starts at. But then it hits here, man. It hits the heart. And then it's acted out. So if your creative process is jacked up, then guess what? I'm going to have a jacked up heart and my actions are going to be jacked up, man. Yes. So so, so like you said, Langley, don't attach your 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 um, your um, your identity to your, your provision. Because at the end of the day, you could be still developing into a person that's able to provide. You know what I mean? You might not be able to provide at 23, 24, 25, because I'm not ready yet. But then once everything comes to comes comes to play, then at 28, 29, 30, oh, I'm ready to knock it out the ballpark. But you kept telling me not to be creative. You know what I'm saying? So right. we got to stop. Like, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, we got to stop yes. allowing this out of culture, man, this out of stuff that's going on to dictate who we are. By what you think I am, you know what I'm saying? Because yes. of what you're trying to put on me, man. Now I am, I am creative because, like you said, like I think about this. Me and my son, we're more literal on a lot of stuff, man. 
and you know, and the creative juices really come from my wife. But at the end of the day, us conversating with her and her creativity spilling off into our provision created this podcast that we have, the Black Men Vent too. Right. Just on the fact that we allow somebody else to come into our world to help us in a place where we needed help in. So that and I'm listening to a lot of those commandments and a lot of them are, are geared around not getting any help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> not, not allowing somebody to yeah. help you. Just like this conversation right here. This conversation will help me throughout the rest of my day. I'll be I'll be thinking back on some of the stuff that we're talking about right now, right mm-hmm. now. And then I'll even go back and look at this thing and I'll be like, wow, that was a real good point. Then me and my son discuss it. Man, Langley said this, man. Man, Shy said this, man. What about when you said that, man? Yeah, man, we gotta start doing that. So all of this stuff, man, that's the creativity. No, I think we need to die. We don't never need to lose that piece, man. Never. Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting because um, to spin off of Langley a little bit, he talked about the identity, you know, and and in and, and ways how 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 you know that's challenged. I mean, let's be let's be real, y'all. You know, we 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 all have had that point where our identity has been challenged, and I mean, that's not fun. You know, as a black man, that's not fun to be told um, you can't provide or you don't you don't have no creativity or you know this that and the third. And I and I just think. Those are the things that you hear. Those are the cycles that start, that starts to snowball. As yeah. Langley said, of the traumas, of the depressions, then you're moving to the abuse, and then it gets domesticated. And then it's it's just it's a lot of things that snowball from oddly enough, just small words. Um, believe it or not. It, it, <laughs> sticks and stones may break my bones, but words that never hurt me is probably one of the dumbest things I ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes no sense when you're talking about how you can hear somebody telling you, you ain't going to be nothing in life. You know, and as a black man, so let's just accept that first off just in the skin that we in. I'm just like, well, darn. You know, so you start having those mental thoughts, those anxieties, and this this starts to not to mention what you may have had prior to that comment in terms of your own life experiences of traumas and different things. It damages their creativity. It damages their mental vessel uh, as a black man because now you have a negated thought that is dominating and suppressing the positive thought of you knowing that you can be somebody as a black man in America. Uh, so and then we talk about providing providing ties in with that dominance if you will that that we instill as a man and I feel like if you are told or if you have been stripped of that you know role it challenges your dominance it challenges your manhood it makes you feel weak it may we've all been to that point man where we woke up man sat on the side of the bed and just stared at the wall you know, and these type of moments come from those type of words, those type of feelings, these type of comments that honestly we receive from each other. Black men down, black men. So it ain't like we really, you know, we can blame it on the white man here or the black woman there, but a lot of times we talk down on each other too. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's, it's so important that when you're talking about creativity, we need more black men that, that can expand their knowledge, expand their creativity without feeling those peer pressures we talked about early in the other comment, uh, commandments and just the other things, man, that, 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 that can just negate, you know, just ultimate positivity in what we need to see in our culture today. Yes, definitely. Um, 
let's expound a little bit on thou shalt not be gentle. Um, thou shalt not be gentle. I mean, apart from Jonathan, we all have children. So we were all at one point gentle with our children. I'm pretty sure there was a time where Jonathan may have fell and hurt himself. And Leon, you had to be there to be gentle. I'm sure, Langley, there was a time when your son or your daughter had a moment or something of that nature, and you had to be gentle in that moment. And with me, with my children, I've, I've had to be gentle in many different situations. I'm going to give you all a quick, a quick uh, connection my son and I had, which ties perfectly into this. I was sitting in the kitchen. I'm cooking, doing my thing at the stove, right? So he's watching a, a show, a movie that he likes called The Dragon Slayer. So one of his favorite characters in there dies. So he walks into the kitchen, you know, with his hands on his head, and he says, yep, it got me. Now, the reason why he said that is because I had just expressed to him that uh, a movie we watched called Free Guy. I don't know if you ever seen that movie, a really good movie. I said, man, that movie got me. You know, it had me really in my, you know, really emotional. I'm like, wow, you know, that movie got me, you know. So he came in the kitchen and he was holding his head and he just put his hands over his eyes. He was like, yep, it got me. Yep. So he's standing by the sink. I don't know what's going on. You know, he's standing by the sink. I'm continuing to do my thing at the stove. Then all of a sudden he starts sniffling and he takes his hands away and he's crying and still shaking his head like this. And now, wow. this is what I said to him. Now, my wife said, uh, why did you say that to him? I, I asked him, I said, are you crying? Now, I didn't say in the sense of, I'm about to start dogging him, as in you're crying, don't cry. I was like, are you crying in the sense of, is this is what I see? You know, now I understand the situation. So this is what I did, y'all. I froze. I was like, in between, it's just a cartoon. In between, wait a minute. I better not say that because mm -hmm. he's expressing an emotion right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just say, hey, that's just a cartoon because that's the sense of saying your emotions don't matter. Because right. to him, it's not just a cartoon character. Right. It's that's his right. favorite cartoon character. Right. So I said, I'm going to give you a minute. I, I tapped him on the shoulder. I rubbed his head. I said, I'm going to give you a minute. So he just kept shaking his head let the tears flow, and he started expressing how the situation made him cry. So I said, it's okay to cry, son. You know, it's okay when our favorite heroes die and when, you know, things happen. And I showed him a scene in The Lion King. Remember when Mufasa died? I said, that made me cry as a, uh, you know, when I was yeah. younger. Yes, Mufasa hurt, you know. <laughs> you know, so we, I, I, I just sat there and he just said, you know, I let him have his moment, um, and, I, and I talked to him a little bit more, and I said, it's okay, you know, that you feel that way, you know, just go ahead and let it all out, you know, he really started to ball at that point, and I held, I held him for a little bit, and I just let him have his moment, now many people, what many women would express is, you should have talked to him more, now, I want to help everybody understand something, when sometimes when somebody is having a moment, it's okay to let them be in that moment and cry. It's okay because what they're doing is they're recycling everything in their head. You don't want to keep com communicating with them and expressing and throwing your opinions on them because you're indirectly pulling them away from their moment. 
So I let him have it. Then after he was, you know, wiped his tears and looked at me and smiled and hugged me again, he just looked at me and said, man, that was one of the best movies I ever saw. You know, <laughs> we laughed together. And I said, yes. And I said, you'll see many great movies. You have many great things that will make you want to express yourself and, and express this sadness. And it's okay. It's all right. Then I took a step back and I said, I'm proud of myself because what I was going to say would have definitely took this conversation in another route. That's right. right and right. it would have made him walk out of the kitchen. It would have made him walk out of the kitchen and really feel bad as he probably would have went in his bedroom and had that moment alone. Mm -hmm. There instills that emotional dump, that emotional danger. Because now I've said, get away from me. I don't want to hear that. Right, right. You know, right. so, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, man, just, 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 I just need a few minutes to say this part, man. First off, man, just, just shout out to you, Shy, man, just mm -hmm. being that dad that showed that gentle vessel Thank to you. your son watching, yeah. you know, that cartoon. Yeah. Um, I got a, a quick example that I give because my mom and dad, they showed me that same, uh, that same experience. Mm -hmm. Man, and, and, and the, the, the uh, date is going to come back around next week. But when Kobe Bryant died, uh -huh. man, look, <laughs> anybody <laughs> yeah. that know me, man, that hurt. Uh, that I hurt. was the kid in middle school that was yelling Kobe when I was throwing paper trash in in the trash can and getting in trouble and, and yeah. you know and getting time out. I was that kid. I was the one that uh, was watching the eighty-one point game with the Raptors, and, and it, it 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 hit me, man, in a way that. On that Sunday, when it when you know the news broke, okay. I got out of church, man. My boy, he called me. He was like, man, you looking at your phone, Kobe Bryant out. I'm like, dude, get out of my face. Get off my phone. Said all that to say, my mom and dad uh, gave me that moment. My dad, since we're talking, you know, just specifically about black men, yeah. um, gave me that moment in that moment. You know what I mean? Gave yeah. me that yeah. time to be gentle with my emotions, gentle with myself. Man, I'm talking about, I took two days off work. Mm. Like, it, it hit me that hard, it man, me, because yeah. I, I felt, yeah, man, I felt mm. like I lost a piece of me. I mm. felt like I lost a piece of my childhood. You know, yeah. just talking about it gives me chills because I, mm. I've watched this man from, I feel like, the time I could see a TV up until now, you know, mm. and, and um, it, 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 just, it just shows, man. In your example with your son, and then uh, the example that I gave with my dad, we have to instill those emotions in our young boys early for them to understand that, hey, you know, you watch this cartoon, it made you feel this way, and you showed this emotion. That's okay, because the emotion that you have may not be the emotion that I had, but I'm still going to respect and honor the emotion that you have to let you know that it's okay. Exactly. You know, and, and I just think that's so important, Shad, that you did it with your son. Because we do grow up with those stigmas and stereotypes and those commandments, right, that we're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, you can't be weak. You can't cry over watching a, a, a Lion King. And, and, and yeah. like y'all said, man, when, when, when uh, Mufasa died, I was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just... It's, it's, <laughs> I was it's, it's, it's like, hey, man, I was hurt, man. And, yeah. and, you, know, it's, it's, you have to have those talks, those moments, man, where you can share that with your, your sons, man, and let them know it is okay to have those emotions, man, and have that, have those feelings. Yes, it de definitely is. And and on, and on that note, um, um, you know, it was really impactful, you know, and I, and I sent my wife a text and I said, 
you know, I think I did a good job. And she said, yes, you did a really good job. You know, you know, a really, really good job. She just expressed that she just wanted to know why did I ask him, why is he crying? And I had to, I had to help her understand that that was more of, you know, not actually, is he crying? But that was more of, okay, this is it. This is the moment, you know, this is real to him. Because I'm like, okay, at first I just thought he was still, but then when I saw the tears and I just hear the sniffling, I said, okay, boom, you you, you straighten up and you start to have all of these changes. Many, many guys have, you know, and once again, huge Kobe Bryant fan, huge Kobe Bryant fan. My wife sent me, I was actually sitting in the booth. At Carlex, I don't know if you know y'all know what Carlex is at Leon Jonathan, the glass place. And I'm I sat there, and I played his. Uh, I don't know if y'all know Kobe was in a uh, Brian McKnight song. Yeah. Um, when he rapped in that Brian McKnight song, and I played his verse. Soon as I heard him rapping, I lost it. I was in the booth in tears. I mean, Kobe was everything. So, on that note, with Kobe Bryant being a, a focal point. Let's take a moment of silence for Kobe as his date of death comes in two. And then after this moment of silence, we're going to take a little break and come right back. Boom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, we're just finishing up. Um, thank you, everybody, for that moment of silence, by the way. Shai, thank yes. you for allowing us the opportunity to do that. Uh, I, I think that, uh, like both these gentlemen here, I also have uh, – I grew up watching Kobe. I, I, you know, I felt like I knew him. I felt like there was something very uh, powerful about him. And as we're talking about black men, we're talking about this masculinity, I think it holds true to say that he also, as we watched him grow, we watched him grow into a loving and compassionate father, right? We watched him yeah. um, be gentle with his daughters. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we saw as, as, as a, as gentleness personified in that man. And that's part of why I think a lot of that hurt for a lot of us was there was a, another level. It was beyond his basketball prowess, but he was watching him grow as a man, as a young black man. Uh, into a wonderful role model and a wonderful father. So, yeah. uh, you know, I remember where I was when he died and, you know, my, my guys and I, you know, we did the Sunday fun day thing. One of our favorite places back home, you know, had a little mimosa drinks and some different stuff. So when we're sitting there, we're, the, the ticker's coming across and we're like, no way that's possible. It, it can't be possible, right? So right. we're like, okay, we're gonna keep trying to do some research, right? And we're still like, nah, this ain't real. And, and as, it's, as this, the story develops, you start to see more and more guys at the bar, right? Uh, so at one moment, when we find out that, yes, in fact, he he's died, it was the most beautiful moment. And I bring this up both because we're talking about Kobe, because um, that was just so poignant, but also because we're talking about being gentle. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was an entire bar. It's the first time I've ever seen this happen. The whole bar was full of men. Mm -hmm. We're all, 45 men, we're all crying. Of course, you know, we took a couple shots, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. But complete strangers, black, white, whatever, all men complete hugging each other, consoling one another, being gentle, right? It's one of the most beautiful moments in the truest form of masculinity and understanding that I'd ever seen. And so I say that because it's important to recognize that we have the capacity to do so. Another reason why I think those commandments are, you know, 
fallacious to say the least is because yeah. you know we should be gentle and then i want to talk about briefly the the uh mufasa Yes, yes. Man, you said that, and I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are we talking about being able to invoke those emotions and being able to process those emotions, as, as you gentlemen have stated, and being able to cry, but the thing that I thought about after, after I was processing just the thought about remembering where I was when Mufasa died and how I cried about it, too, was Mufasa represented the male that we are all talking about trying to be. Come he on, was protective when he needs to be. Come he on, was man. ferocious when he needs to be. Yes, he sir. was gentle and he was meek and he was caring when he needed to be as well. Yes. So if anyone wants to take away anything from a Disney movie, especially with that analogy, look at how Mufasa carried himself. That was the quintessential man. That is the quintessential man. Yes, and so when we talk about being gentle, uh, we, we can see that being gentle is very much part of the man that we are called to be. We are supposed to be just as nurturing yeah. as the woman. We are supposed to be just as caring, just as vulnerable, just as transparent, just as loving, just as gentle as our female counterparts. So I just want to leave you guys with that because it really got my brain thinking about how all that tied together beautifully. See, mm -hmm. the, reason, the reason why when I was, I, I love lions. Y'all probably don't know that about me. That's, that's I, I associate myself with the lion, if you would have said per se, and I don't know if I said this to one of y'all before, because the lion, if you look at the lion, the male lion, like you're saying, in his pride, he's usually calm, he's chilling, and he's not expressing no dominance at a certain point. But if he does need to, he understands there's a time I need to, mm -hmm. and there's a time I don't. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. I let my wife go out and do what she got to do and find our food. And he's not behind her telling her what to do, chasing her down, because he knows she knows what to do. Right. And that's her role. And he's not affecting her role. And he knows his. So what really got me about Mufasa, uh, as, as, as apart from you guys, I didn't grow up with my father. Mm -hmm. So in that Simba and Mufasa connection, I was looking at what a father and a son connection would be like. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I started to fall in love with that father and son connection they had from the first part of the movie. So when he died, I almost looked at it as though I don't have a father no more. Mm -hmm. So my the father that I looked at even in this movie is dead, apart with my real father not being here. So it was just so many different emotions going on. Now this father figure I've attached to in a movie is gone. Mm -hmm. See how that, that that's like a double. A yeah. double cake, like boom. Yeah. Yeah. My father's not here now. The father that I was admiring in a movie has just died right in front of my eyes. Mm. So that made me dislike Scar to the fullest. You know, man, <laughs> 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 forget Scar. You know, get him out of here. So when Simba came back to fight Scar, you know, I was on the TV like, get his ass. You know, <laughs> I can't do that to you. Dude, imagine you, you a grown man yelling at a Disney movie. That was funny. Yeah. 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 I was the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it, you had that feeling, you know, and and it's it's okay what I'm saying right now. And then this story right here, we saying when we express it right now, someone might hear this and say, "Wow, I've had this moment 
Mm-hmm. And I never know how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. And hearing right. these men right. express themselves so joyously. We're expressing ourselves joyously. Nobody is like, you know, shy bitch ass. Nobody saying that. Nobody right. 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 Oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody is there. Even that little slight, come on, bro, mm-hmm. is checking you. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Right. So that's and that leads me straight right. into what I'm about to tell y'all at, at this at this last point, right? Boys usually show affection in kindergarten. However, by second grade, there is a shift in behavior due to peer resulting uh re- reactions to that behavior, which is basically what I just said. So a son comes to school. And he gets the teacher yells at him. He gets in trouble. The mom comes to pick him up, and him and his mom embrace right there. And then another kid says, "Ew!" All of a sudden, he gets off his mother, straightens up, and mm. you know shakes things off, mm. and looks at his mother and say, "We can't hug." You know she don't understand why, mm-hmm. but that those peers, just mm-hmm. the smallest little things. Come on, yeah. bro. You serious? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, look at you. You know, any yeah. type of reaction to emotions and to expression of emotion can be damaging. Um, yeah. I want to hear y'all's opinion on that. Yes, yeah. I think that if, if, if we don't get nothing else out of this uh, this uh, uh, podcast, man, it should be to the point that men should not be afraid to share their emotions. Yeah, you might have to find a space to share them in, but understand that you need to share your emotion because when you allow them to be pent up, again, what I was talking about earlier, either you're going to explode or you're going to implode. But both of them can be negative when they are carried out. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I just want to, I'm just going to echo what Leon has said earlier, Shy, what you were speaking to about the kindergarten to second grade transition is the programming that Leon speaks to specifically. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's the programming mm-hmm. to turn us into becoming emotionless. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, so true. And then just, just in general, you know, um, you know, kids are, are sponges. I think I mentioned that in one of the episodes that we had on uh, BMVT, but they absorb everything, you know. So from kindergarten to second grade, you know, they may see one of their peers and the mom tried to give them a little smooch on the cheek or something like that. And they like, you, mom, or something, you know. And so naturally, that little boy is going to absorb that exact same thing as he maturated from kindergarten to second grade. So I just think that's that's a testament, too, to just know that kids see everything. They know they they they, they watch everything, which makes our platforms important, you know, because we're putting these episodes out now two four six eight years later who's going to be listening to these exactly. these archives you know like what's what, what we got going on so um, um i just think again just what we're doing and how we're doing it caters to those type of moments and those type of uh vulnerable ages if you will all right um leon and jonathan being respectable of you guys time i'm going to go ahead and get into some uh closing closing arguments I'll go first, if uh, if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully what we've done here today, 
what we've done here today, like like Jonathan, the, the piggyback of Jonathan, what Jonathan just said, will go down in history as one of the greatest conversations about men's emotions and men speaking out that I believe that, you know, I've been a part of, well, I have been a part of, I've not been a part of one of these conversations before. And I believe this is a really great conversation that one day will change how people look at things and how people see things or guys see things and look at things and take those things to go on to become better at who they are and to become better at what the way that they look at life. So I want to thank all of you gentlemen for joining. Uh, thank you, man. On Appreciate this podcast. It, man. And um, mm -hmm. uh, whoever wants to go next, I, I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. Mm -hmm. There you go, man. I just want to say this, man. I want to thank you guys, man. Again, I often say this, man. I've often given shout um, the big props, man, for being a mentor, mentor for me, man, uh, being into this podcast world and uh, just kind of help push us along, man, and, and trying to even endeavor into that, that podcast world. And I also want to thank Mr. Mr. Sh uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Shazer, man, Mr. Langley Shazer, man, for coming on our first season of abuse, man, because that's how we kind of migrated into this conversation is that we talked about abuse, man, and, and that's what we try to do, man, is talk about the thing that plague our community and this abuse thing, as we can see, it has so many different limbs to this tree, man. But if the tree is not trimmed the right way, it becomes an ugly tree. So I thank you all for being a part of this, man, because we don't want that ugly tree to be a part of our communities anymore. Perfectly said. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, I just want to echo what everybody else has already said. This has been a, a joy. It's been a privilege. So I thank uh, Shai for putting this together. Uh, I thank you all for being here. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be sitting down again and having this conversation more in depth with more voices and more experiences. And, mm -hmm. and I just want to continue to um, have these types of conversations. You know, I often think about uh, Cornell West and Malcolm X and James Baldwin, and I think about what would it have been like to have been in a room full of those people. And then I sit here and I realize we are those people. Yeah, mm -hmm. we are those men. And so we have to continue to carry that torch and we have to continue to be the example that other men can follow. Like, uh, like Jonathan was saying, you know, eight years from now, people can go back and be like, wow, you know, I'm glad these guys were were champions of this new idea of what a man should be and how a, a man can, can be better going forward. So I thank you guys again for being here and I look forward to future discussions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. To to ditto um, everything, man. As we we close, we mentioned the uh, Lion King reference, man. It's the circle of life, you yes. know. Um, just knowing that we had Malcolm X and we had Martin Luther Kings, and now we have certain people in certain positions of power and just certain areas that are those uh, black leaders and those black activists that 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 we learned about growing up. And and like you said, we now have to take that torch. The circle of life being it revolves right back around now to it's our turn. And then the next generation comes around and then, you know, it, the circle of life keeps moving. So it's just important, uh, fellas, man, that we that we essentially keep our foot on the gas pedal in terms of the service of our black men. Um, we may change gears in terms of the subjects, in terms of the topics and what we may discuss, but I think it's important, man, to be fully fully driven man on just making sure that we find a way to 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 as we say on bmvt to bmvt to reshape reframe and rebrand the black man one episode at a time 
Yes. All right. So collectively, gentlemen, I want to thank you all again. Um, as I close out, as I always do, always do, with my understanding compared with you guys' understanding, we can always create a greater understanding, guys. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Relationship Stuff One-on-One podcast. Langley? Uh, you guys, as always, let's change the way we think so we can change the way that we live. This is Casual Word Radio. All right. And as we always, and as we always end, until next time we meet, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. All right. Catch y'all next time. Peace out.